Welcome to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio, a program for teens and almost teens to better understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is relevant in their lives. And it's a place where your questions about faith and religion can be answered. And now, here's your host, Deacon Al. Thank you, John, and welcome everyone to Good News. This is Deacon Al Lundy. I am a permanent deacon here in the Peoria Diocese. And it's a pleasure, as always, to be speaking with you this weekend. We're going to uh, take some questions, and we're also going to look at the readings from the Mass. And John, have you got your Christmas shopping done? Oh, come on, buddy. You've only got—it's 70 days till Christmas. You've got like two months left to get the shopping done. I I don't have to shop for a bunch of people. Um, Basically, my my wife and my son, and then we'll do some charitable stuff. And uh, I have no idea. You know, my wife and I have been married for oh, 43 years. Wow. And after 43 years, there's there's nothing I can get her. <laughs> and there's nothing she could get me. Um, I, I love the line, what do you get somebody who's been, who's been married for 43 years? A box to put it all in. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah. <laughs> it's just uh, we're, not, we're not wanting Oh, maybe we're want. We don't need. And uh, and my my wife, she's hard to buy for. She doesn't like me buying her clothes, and she doesn't she doesn't like me buying her jewelry. She doesn't wear she doesn't wear jewelry. I've uh, never been big on jewelry. And uh, flowers. We have gardens at our house. We, we're loaded with flowers. I did buy my wife flower, uh, flowers lately, though. And she loved them. I got her, I got her a dozen red roses, long stem red roses, because she just celebrated her thirty fifth year at work. Thirty six. I'm sorry, thirty sixth anniversary at at her job. Thirty six years. I think in the course of thirty six years, I probably had fifteen jobs. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, she's been with one employer all that time. And I thought that was worth something special. So I, I got her some uh, a dozen roses, which she loved. And they sit in the middle of our dining room table in a beautiful vase. And you know what I found out after all these years? I can't stand the smell of roses. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I cannot sit in my own dining room without sneezing right now. And it's it's driving me crazy. And I And every morning she goes, oh, aren't those beautiful? Aren't those lovely? Oh, I'm I'm so glad you got these. And I'm sitting there thinking, I can't breathe. <laughs> and and I don't have the heart to tell her. Um, it's one of those. This too shall pass. I know the roses won't last forever. So any day now, any day now, I'm 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 certain they're going to be. I just hope she doesn't say, you know, those were so nice. Let's have roses all the time. But. Anyway, happy anniversary, dear. I'm, I'm so proud of you. You've done a great job, and uh, her retirement is coming up shortly. And that might, uh, I might have to get her a rose to, uh, to a rose to celebrate her, uh, her retirement, because I've learned that a dozen is just way past my limit, uh, nose wise. So, anyway, um, where, where did all that start? Uh, we were talking about, Anniversaries. Oh, about Christmas being just 70 days away. So that means that Advent is like five weeks from now. Yeah, it must be about five weeks from now. 
So we'll be getting ready to uh, to redecorate, turn things at church into uh, the color violet to represent Advent and, and preparation. We'll talk about Advent as we get into it. A lot of people don't even know what Advent means. Uh, and, and I thought I... I was wrong about what it meant for a long, long time. So we'll uh, we'll talk about the meaning of Advent at, at one of the other upcoming programs. And we're going to dip into the mailbag. I've got some questions here that uh, I've answered. Actually, I answered these online, and uh, but I thought they, they they were good questions. We'll we'll talk about them here. Why does the Catholic Church teach that animals don't have souls and that they can't go to heaven after death? Okay, um, half right, half wrong. The church, uh, it says the Catholic Church teaches that animals don't have souls. That is not true. The church does teach that animals have souls. Uh, we teach that uh, those dozen roses that I put on our dining room table for my wife have souls. But plants have plant souls, and animals have animal souls, and humans have what we call rational souls. And that's the difference. Um, a plant cannot understand its own existence. A plant certainly can't think about or reason God's existence. The soul gives it life, and, and plants are definitely alive. I, I don't think anybody questions that. They're alive, but it's a different type of life than a human life, and it's a different type of life than an animal life. Does a rock have a soul? No. It's inanimate. There's there's no life force, so there's no soul. Because the spirit and the soul are united. So rocks, minerals, and such, no soul. Plants have a soul. Animals have a soul. But the animal soul is different than the plant soul because the animal can think. It can, it can make judgments that a plant can't make. So the soul of the plant is different. So then we look at the human being, which is even more different than the animal soul, because we can not only think, we can think about ourselves. We, we, can, we can be introspective of ourselves. We can think about our own nature. We can think about our own character. A lion doesn't look at the wounded gazelle and say, hmm, is it really morally and ethically just for me to eat the wounded gazelle? Or is that, would that be sinful? I, that's just not something that, that an animal can comprehend. And you say, yeah, but if I show my dog love, my dog shows love back to me. Well, are you sure that's what, the, what they're showing? I mean, we don't know because they can't communicate that to us. I think a lot of times we put human characteristics on, onto animals. I mean, how many of us who grew up with Bugs Bunny were disappointed the first time we met a rabbit that couldn't speak to us? Uh, you know, uh, it just, yes, animals are alive. Yes, animals do appear to have emotion. But do they have the same intellect as a human being? Can they be introspective? And can they think beyond themselves? Can they think about God? We don't believe they can. And the only reason we say that is we've never seen them gather in group to worship or even worship independently. We've never seen them uh, build an, uh, an altar or, 
or anything resembling any kind of a uh, an idol, even if they were, uh, even if there were a, a pagan rabbit, we haven't seen one yet, right? So we we know that the soul of the animal is different than the soul of the human being, and that only the soul of the human being is a rational soul that can be introspective about its own character and can also be ex- existential to think about the nature of God. So, will your pet die and go to heaven? I would have to say, based on our understanding of the soul, no. At least he doesn't go through a judgment. Now, does that mean there can't be animals in heaven? I don't think you're saying that. I don't think that's what our faith is teaching. Um, When I think about the beauty of heaven— who am I to say what God can or can't put there? I mean, I would hope there'd be flowers. I love gardening. Now, are the flowers that are in my garden the same flower? Once they die, is that same flower going to be in heaven? I kind of doubt that. So when Fluffy, the cat, dies, is that same Fluffy, the cat, going to be in heaven? I don't, I don't think so. I, I don't have any reason to believe that. But could there be a cat in heaven? Yeah, sure. If God wants to put a cat in heaven, there could be a cat in heaven. I just think we have to be careful when we, when we talk about souls and, and the salvation of souls, that we be specific about what we're talking about. Um, I can't tell you how many hamsters are buried in my backyard. I mean, the Energizer bunny lasts longer than, than the average hamster, Right. Uh, we have lots of hamsters buried in the gardens. Um, if all hamsters in the world went to heaven, I don't see how there'd be room for any any human souls. <laughs> just just the hamster souls would pretty much fill it up. So no, I don't think specific animals die and go to heaven. I'm sorry. Um, I know some of you aren't going to like to hear that, but it just theologically uh, doesn't check all the boxes. So... That's that's what the church actually teaches. Not that the animals don't have souls, but they don't have rational human souls, which go through uh, a belief, in, uh, an understanding of God, and can be uh, can be uni- uh, unified with God. Um, had one other here. We we're going to do, and that was, oh yeah, uh, a host on MSNBC. John's ears just perked up. A host on MSNBC said, Jesus never once talked about abortion. So the pro-life position of the Catholic Church is heresy. Now, that is just that is just so messed up on, on so many levels. First of all, when I turn when I'm looking for theological teaching, MSNBC is not the resource I go to. There are so many other good places to go to than any any news agency. Uh, they are not there to teach theology. Uh, if you want to find God talking about abortion, all you have to do is look at the commandments. Thou shalt not murder. I don't think it can be any clearer than that. If you want to go to New Testament, let's talk about Jesus saying, you know, bring the children to me. You know, that in order to go to heaven, you have to be childlike. God loves children. Children are 
immensely important to an understanding of, of heaven and salvation. So to think that God or, or uh, in the form of uh, the incarnate Jesus somehow ignored children or didn't care about children or didn't think that the murder of children was important, you're absolutely wrong on that. So my, my uh, suggestion would be to look for a better theology uh, source than uh, network news. I'll throw one out here. Uh, church might be a good place to start. Uh, the scriptures would be a good place to start, but but certainly not uh, ESPN, MSNBC, Fox News, any of them. That's not where you go for a, an understanding of, of theology. We have uh, we and we've just celebrated the uh, uh, beautiful uh, Right to Life weekend. Um, I hope you might you may have seen some of us out on the streets uh, praying for uh, children who've who've uh, we've lost through abortion. The number is absolutely staggering. In the last fifty years, we've lost over eighty million uh, children to the, uh, the sickness of abortion, the just the evilness of abortion. So when you when you wonder, well, why don't we have a solution to uh, cancer yet? Well, think of all the researchers out of eighty million people. How many you know? How many in there might have been the person who discovered the the breakthrough to to cure a cancer, or to uh, solve hunger, or to solve poverty, or war? And we've destroyed them before they even had a chance uh, to breathe. So please pray for those, uh, for those children. Uh, I'm confident they, they rest now in the, in the arms of Christ. But uh, pray for us as a society that we get over this uh, truly sick idea of uh, controlling uh, our family's population or our personal life uh, by murdering a, a human a human being. We'll come back and talk about the readings from today's Mass and how they affect us in our lives today when we have more good news right after these messages. Stay tuned. Good news will be right back on Catholic Spirit Radio. Did you know that Catholic Spirit Radio can help you with estate planning and end-of-life decisions? We can provide guidance in setting up wills and trusts, making IRA distributions, naming insurance beneficiaries, and donating assets. We also can assist you with health care directives and financial power of attorney. If you want to build a legacy through Catholic Spirit Radio, download our major and planned gift guide on catholicspiritradio.com under the Donate tab or call 309-807-2427. Hey everybody, it's Dr. Ray Goretti, host of The Doctor Is In. For me, Catholic Radio is it's an opportunity to be focused on and be intentional about taking time doing what our Lord said. Go to all the world, teaching them whatsoever I have commanded you. Invite others into this work the Holy Spirit is already doing. Invite them to listen. Invite others to a deeper encounter with Christ. Welcome back to Good News. Deacon Al here. If you have a question about the Catholic faith or about 
Christianity, uh, invite you to uh, call, to write us here at goodnews at catholicspiritradio.org. That's goodnews at catholicspiritradio.org. And we'll be happy to answer your questions here on, on the radio. And or not only on the radio, but gosh, on your podcast or on your uh, streaming, on your computer, on your cell phone. There's all kinds of ways that you can listen to good news. And if you'd like to listen to past programs, you can do that by going to our website at catholicspiritradio.org and go to the podcast section. And you can not only hear previous uh, programs from good news, but so many of our other uh, locally uh, produced programs here on Catholic Spirit Radio. And we hope you will do that and uh, let us know what you think. Also, if you have things going on in your life that you need uh, prayer support for, we have volunteers here at the radio station who pray for you. We just need to know who and what you would like to pray for. And you can go to our prayer section on our website and send in your prayer requests. And we'll put our prayer army uh, to work to do battle for you. So we hope you'll take advantage of that feature of our of our radio program as well. Um, our readings from this uh, Sunday come from Exodus and also from uh, uh, Paul to Timothy again and Luke uh, for our gospel. So let's get right into that. And they all have something in common. They all they all in one way or another talk about uh, the importance of uh, and power of prayer. So our first reading is from Exodus, and it says, In those days Amalek came and waged war against Israel. Moses, therefore, said to Joshua, Pick out certain men, and tomorrow go out and engage Amalek in battle. I will be standing on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses told him. He engaged Amalek in battle, and after Moses had climbed to the top of the hill with Aaron and Hur, And as long as Moses kept his hands raised up, Israel had the better of the fight. But when he let his hands rest, Amalek had the better of the fight. Moses' hands, however, grew tired, so they put a rock in place for him to sit on. Meanwhile, Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. And Joshua mowed down Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. The word of the Lord. So a couple things I want to point out here. Um, People say, well, God waged war. Well, listen closely to the first part of the reading. This was in self-defense. Amalek attacked them. And so in self-defense, and the church still says that uh, killing is um, not the same as murder, that killing can can be necessary sometimes in the def- in a just war. You've been attacked. You have the right to defend yourself, uh, or in the defense of the defenseless. And I think those are two really important points. So Moses told Joshua, "Grab a few guys and head out to the battlefield at the break of day, and uh, and do war against Amalek. Push him back." And Moses went with, and as he stood there with his hands raised in prayer, uh, the war went well for Israel. But when he stopped praying, when when his hands came down, then the war went better for Amalek. And so Moses' friends came and supported him in prayer. And as long as they did that, 
Joshua and and the army uh, managed to uh, to push Amalek and his warriors back. Tells us a lot about prayer. You have to persevere. Uh, and sometimes the best way to do battle against the problems in your life is raise your hands and and pray to God. And when that's not enough, get your friends to pray with you. That's what we do at church. That's the importance of a church community. Uh, that's the importance of a prayer group. I, I, I belong to a men's group that gets together uh, every week for breakfast, and we pray for each other. Uh, we pray for our needs and, and for uh, those in our families or our friends who are sick, uh, who need healing or who need comfort. Uh, so my prayers alone aren't enough. I, I invite my family and my friends to, to pray with me. Uh, in my evening prayers, I, I keep a list. My wife and I both keep a list of, of those who ask us to pray for them, to help them through a bad situation in their life. Maybe it's an injury. Maybe it's an illness. Maybe they're, they've lost their job and they need, need a new job. Uh, whatever the reasons, when someone asks us to pray for them, we don't just say, okay, and forget about it. We write it down. And every night in our evening prayers, we go through that list and we pray for those people by name. Uh, that's what that's what we see Moses' friends doing when Aaron and, and her help him, they support him in his prayer. Uh, and that in in turn help help the army. So I invite you to become prayer warriors, just as we have prayer warriors here at the, at the radio station that pray, pray for your needs. Uh, develop a, a, a network of prayer warriors within your family. Use Facebook to do this or, or instant message when somebody needs something. And get, get your group of friends all praying uh, because God says that works. He listens. And we, we hear that again in, in our next reading. Paul says to Timothy, remain faithful to what you've learned and believed because you know from whom you learned it and that from infancy you have known the sacred scriptures which are capable of giving you wisdom for salvation through faith in Christ. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for uh, refutation, and for correction and for training in righteousness so that one who belongs to God may be competent and equipped for every good work. I charge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingly power, proclaim the word, be persistent, whether it is convenient or inconvenient. Convince, reprimand, encourage all patience in teaching the word of the Lord. So again, perseverance in all things, it, it makes a difference. By persevering, we get God's attention, and we can help others through, uh, through our prayers when we have God's attention. In our gospel, uh, this is the gospel according to Luke, he writes, Jesus told his disciples this parable about the necessity for them to pray always without becoming weary. He said, there was a judge in a certain town who neither feared God nor respected any human being. And a widow in that town used to come to him and say, Render a just decision for me against my adversary. For a long time, the judge was unwilling. But eventually he thought, Well, it's true that I neither fear God nor respect any human being. Because this widow keeps bothering me, I shall deliver a just judgment for her, lest she finally come and strike me. The Lord said, Pay attention to what the dishonest judge says. 
Will not God then secure the rights of his chosen ones who call out to him day and night? Will he be slow to answer them? I tell you, he will see to it that justice is done for them speedily. But when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The Gospel of the Lord. So persistence in prayer, that's that's the answer. Don't ever feel that God's not listening, but God's just saying, convince me. Spend some time with me. Show me that this is important to you and not just a one-time thing. Be, be persistent, be consistent, and don't get tired. Pray constantly. And God does pay attention. Uh, we see that so often, not only in scriptures, but many of us have seen that in our own lives, and we know that you can see it in yours if you follow the lessons that scripture teaches. And scripture scripture doesn't lie. Uh and it tells us here that Scripture is inspired by God and useful for, for training, for righteousness, for teaching. So trust in Scripture. Trust in God. Uh, there, there's a reason why he still talks to us after thousands of years and while, why the truth of the Scripture is still with us today because it, it is trustworthy. I do want to point out one thing, and that is all Scripture— is inspired by God. doesn't say only Scripture. It says all Scripture. God inspires us in many ways. He reveals himself to us in more ways than just Scripture. This is a, a, a point of disagreement with our Protestant brothers and sisters, especially those who follow a, a doctrine called sola scriptura, which says that only Scripture is useful. And that's not what Scripture says. It says all Scripture, but it doesn't say only. So God reveals himself to us in in other ways besides the written Scripture. And in one way is in our hearts. God talks to us and gives us a conscience that knows right from wrong. Every time a question comes up is, is this the right thing to do or is this evil? We don't have to go into Scripture to find out. We know. We know in our hearts right from wrong. And that's because God's written it there. So uh, that's the problem with, with saying only in the Bible. That's Sola Scriptura means only in the Bible. And here's the problem. For 300 years, there was no Bible in the Christian church. So does that mean that for 300 years, we were wrong? Well, that can't be. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. Logically, it doesn't make any sense. Historically, it doesn't make any sense that we didn't know the truth about Christ until the Bible was gathered by the church in, in the fourth century. So just, just from a logic point of view, sola scriptura doesn't check the boxes. So all scripture is good, but not just scripture. So you can find other ways uh, to, uh, to discover God's truth, and it, it involves you working at it. It involves effort, the effort that, that Moses took in keeping his hands raised in prayer, the effort that the, uh, the, the old woman took in our gospel by continually pestering the judge, by being persistent in her desires. So we invite you to, uh, to take a lesson from today's readings. Don't worry about the uh, what battle you're in, how big the, the problem is that you're battling against. 
uh, know that through prayer and through consistent prayer, God will help you, and you can you can get through anything with with God's assistance. Uh, I sign my my emails when people write me. My my return emails all have the little catchphrase at the at the back end, and I'll I'll leave you with these words this week. Don't tell God how big your storm is. Tell the storm how big your God is. Uh, you can overcome anything uh, through, through persistence in faith. May God bless you, protect you from all evil, and bring you to everlasting life. You've been listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio, a program for teens and almost teens to better understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is relevant in your life. Submit your questions to Deacon Al at goodnews at catholicspiritradio.com. That's goodnews at catholicspiritradio.com. Deacon will answer your questions about faith and religion. Thank you for listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio.